Welcome to this episode of Danzanru Origin Stories, where we ask members of our Danzanru community to share about how they got started in the arts, their origin story. I'm your host, Hilary Kaplowitz, Sensei of Pacific Jiu-Jitsu Kai and a professor of Danzanru Jiu-Jitsu with the American Judo and Jiu-Jitsu Federation. We're joined by Professor Tom Hill of the American Judo and Jiu-Jitsu Federation and Sensei of Shumpukan Dojo in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Welcome. Well, thanks for having me, Hillary. I appreciate the, uh, the time to do the interview. Terrific. Well, let me just go ahead and jump into the first question. Uh, how long have you been training in Danzanryu Jiu-Jitsu? I started in uh, 1971, uh, so it's about 50 years. Uh, well... Can you tell us about your first day in Danzanru, like how old you were, where it was, and who was the sensei? So this, uh, I started in uh, uh, Doylestown, Pennsylvania with Doug Keel, and uh, Doug is a professor in another branch of Danzanru now. And uh, he and I were working together um, in a, a department store, and uh, he, he asked if I would like to learn martial arts, specifically jujitsu. And I said, yeah. Um, what, what do I have to do? And he said, well, uh, we'll get together in the mornings and um, I'll, I'll, I'll teach you. Now, at this time, he had just left East Strasburg State College and he was down at the, in uh, Doylestown. So Doug would pick me up around six o'clock in the morning and we a field uh, near a school and he put a tarp down and then he taught me jujitsu by throwing me. And uh, needless to say, my falls got good very quickly mm -hmm. uh, but it was an interesting experience and it, we obviously when the winter, weather changed um, we couldn't do it outside so we had to find another dojo but so that was back in uh, I was 19 I think and one of the reasons I wanted to do it was for self-defense that was my main reason being outside of Philadelphia like that it was uh, always good to be able to take care of yourself yeah, so actually my next question would be, what made you want to start training in the martial arts? So it was a, definitely from a, from a self-defense point of view. Was there any other aspects yeah. of it? So self-defense, uh, I've had this conversation with other professors as to why people start martial arts or start doing uh, Danzanru. Usually self-defense is the number one, but then something more uh, happens. It's, it like becomes um, like uh, gravity to what's going around in the world and it gives you something to um, as a basis and that's that's what happened to me i found that uh, i needed some direction and uh, needed something to hold on to and, and martial arts and jujitsu seemed like appropriate at the right time i won't say i won't say it's a religion but it's it's something that uh, you can you can use to weigh what's going on in the world by falling back on it yeah, absolutely. I think for many of us, it's a really strong anchor in our lives. Yeah. Um, you did tell us already about kind of how you started and what that was experience was like, but what about a different early memory of your jujitsu training? I mean, besides being thrown on the ground? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, an early training, um, early memory from training. Um, I think it was the... Um, the way the uh, I, I was amazed the way the system was set up, and I'll talk about that a little bit later in one of your questions. But the way that uh, you would do the 
Iwara, Minagi, and Shime, and then start building upon that. I was kind of amazed how that was put together. I thought uh, it was very appropriate um, as a learning as a learning tool. And uh, Professor Brown, who also had a great influence on me, um, had a had a good way of putting it: is that um, learning the uh, the first couple boards is like learning. Se- uh, learning words to put in sentences and then as you start to develop further on you start putting the sentences together and then you start um, being able to, to put a paragraph together and I thought that was kind of a, a great way to put it. Uh, I love that analogy. I was just curious you know in the beginning it sounds like you and your sensei trained together at, at what point did you start you know really working out with other folks? Um, well Doug, Doug had gone, uh, Professor Keel had gone to Germany and I went over, I did some traveling myself on the Mideast and Greece. So we kind of uh, separated. Then we came back together in East Stroudsburg. Um, I was going to school at the time and that's where I met Dr. Gessner, Dr. Bill Gessner and Barb Gessner. So I trained with them for a while and then Doug moved away and we kind of lost contact with one another. Um, and so I, I stayed in the Strasbourg area and settled down here, but I was also um, studying with uh, Dr. Gessner, Dr. Bill Gessner, and, and Barb Gessner as well. And then Professor Brown was coming in from Chicago frequently, when I want to say frequently, maybe three times a year. And then uh, Professor Brown had summer camps starting, in, I think it was 1982 or 1983. And uh, the summer camps were like six days of doing jujitsu. And he would have professors from California come out. And it was very intense, a very intense um, uh, workout. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard stories of the, of the intensity of that, those camps. Um, tell me, though, uh, what's your favorite list or technique to practice? I think my favorite list is the Oku. Um, and I think that, as I said before, is when you start putting the kihon together of the Iwara, um, Nagi, and Shime, is uh, the Oku is where you start to express more of your um, your style, your um, um, w- w- what you have uh, learned based on that. And then this is this is where your your flair comes through and how you interpret those techniques. And so I've always thought that Ku was one of the better lists uh, for me, for me, you know, Shinin Shinyo, um, and the Kiai no Maki, um, and the advanced you are, ladies you are. Those, those are good lists, but the Oku has kind of brought all those, those Kihon techniques together for me. Nice. Um, on the flip side, what have you found to be the most challenging thing about training? For myself or training with other people, training with other you can answer, people. You can answer both ways. Well, one of the things that uh, I find challenging is that, uh, especially with Westerners, is that they think they know more than what they actually do know. And um, so, so by here, well, let me put it like this. Um, not having a professor in the Stroudsburg area. I mean, Bill Gessner was, I think, at the time of Sondown 
or Yodan, but he, he wasn't a professor. And not having a professor here where you could, you could um, go to get uh, questions answered or get some techniques um, refined is that I'd have to do it myself. And so I remember one time standing at the, in the middle of the dojo with my six or seven students and I could not make this technique work because the guy that I was doing it with was well, about 250 pounds and uh, a little bit taller than I was. And, you know, I never wanted my students to give, give me anything I needed. I wanted to make sure the stuff worked. Well, I, I found myself at that time just like at a loss of what to do. But then I just, I did a little kazushi, just a little movement and it worked. And it was one of those things where you, you, it's inner discovery. It's like, okay, now I know this works because I had to do it myself. Nobody came and told me how to do it. So um, does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, just looking at, wanted to, I think it inspires people to know that uh, people have gone before them also experienced challenges yeah, yeah. along the way. But getting back to what, how I started the, started the answer is, is, is that, Danzenru has a lot of intelligent people in it. There's no question about that. I mean, you know, teachers, college teachers, um, high school graduates. And I think they, they feel that they understand the techniques better than the instructor sometimes. And I know that, that there's respect there, but I don't, think, I don't think they really appreciate what they need to do. And I'll go back to that quote where you need to empty your cup in order to have it filled again. So that's kind of frustrating, especially uh, when I'm out in California and I, you know, all these people that I haven't seen in years and they're all um, becoming uh, uh, educators and things. It's, it's, it's frustrating sometimes that they need to, they need to listen more and appreciate what the instructor's teaching. And I'm not just saying myself, I see this with other instructors as well. Yeah, and I think too, you know, um, it's one of those things where we have to always remember jujitsu is an experiential thing. You learn it by doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You learn by doing, and you you have to do it a lot. You can't do it three times and expect to expect it to uh, sink in. It, it's repetition. It's repetition. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let me ask you a different question now. Tell tell us about your proudest moment in your jujitsu career. You know, I was thinking about this uh, today. Um, I, I won't say it's my proudest, but I think it was the most important moment in my career. Um, and it was um, in 1986, I had scheduled to take my Sandan examination at the Spring Clinic here in Strasbourg and professors were coming out. And the week before my daughter Rachel was born. So um, having uh, a new family member, my daughter, obviously brings, you know, a lot of uh, uh, stress and concerns about, you know, life. And I, I was going to cancel the exam. And I thought to myself, you know, I've been doing this for that time since 1971, whatever that is, um, that if I don't know it by now, you know, cramming for it's not going to happen. So I took the exam and I passed. I did really well in my Sandan exam. And as far as I was concerned, that's as far as I was going to go. 
I, I, you know, I had a, I had no intentions of, of going to professorship. I wanted a Sandan. I wanted my Sandan rank. And if, as far as I was concerned, that was it. But again, talking to um, uh, some people later on is that, and th this really made sense at, at this, with this incident I'm talking about, is that you should practice as if you're taking your examination every time you're in the dojo. And that don't go to the dojo if you're, you're going to be, you know, thinking about other things. You've you got to focus on what you're doing um, every time so that if three people were to come in and say, we're going to examine you right now, you could take that exam and pass it and pass it. And that's what I felt about this was that I had been studying Danzanru for so long that even with my daughter being born, I had no problems taking the exam. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, it's a lifelong journey, right? So when you're ready, you're ready. We should be ready. And, yeah. And you should be ready as you learn the new yeah. techniques. You should be ready at any time to, to take an exam or to defend yourself. Absolutely. So after all these years of training, what is it about jujitsu that keeps you interested? Uh, right now it's the people, uh, the friends that I've made and the, um, when we get together at conventions or clinics, it's, it's, um, uh, and being able to talk about stories like camp or, um, you know, uh, conventions that we had before, uh, that, that's what's, that's what's important to me now is just the people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So now for this question, if you could go back in time and give yourself advice early in your jujitsu career, what would you say to yourself? Um, be more attentive, attentive to who's teaching the class so that you're not wasting your time there and take care, take better care of your body because it's a long path. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so my last question is really, is there's anything you want to share about your origin story or your experiences doing dance on Ryu Jitsu? I know, uh, for myself, I always love hearing about some of the folks that I never got to meet, like Professor Brown. So anything that you want to share, we'd love to hear it. Um, well, uh, so I'll talk about Professor Brown for a second. I mean, he was uh, an amazing instructor. Uh, he was a good teacher. Um, he was able to break things down. For me, he was a great instructor because he broke things down and in elements that I could uh, understand better than some some of the other instructors. Um, I mean, we we've had in Strasbourg. Bill Gessner was fortunate to be part of the East Strasbourg State College and then East Strasbourg University. So he was able to bring out uh, all the professors at that time in, in one either in the spring or the fall. Uh, we'd have the clinics out here, so I got to know all the professors. Um, uh, through through Bill uh, bringing him out here, and Professor Brown uh, when he when he became professor, I don't know exactly the date. He would come out on his own, and we'd have black belt clinics. And he was uh, very uh, down to earth. He didn't make any pretenses. You know, he said this is this is how it works for me. And it and he would show. And um, I remember us. Uh, taking a photograph or I took a picture of him and looking at the photograph that there was printed of him throwing one of my students 
honey gauche. And I just looked at the picture and I caught it. I knew exactly how to do it through that picture because he had a good way, uh, Professor Brown had a good way of moving his body in such, in, in such a fashion that that photograph um, to me was like uh, priceless to learn that throw. Hmm. Um, he, he put a lot of his uh, energies into his summer camp. And like I said, it was, it was um, you know, five, six, seven days. He'd have a black belt camp for three days and then the rest of it be open. We also had a massage camp out there. And it was brutal. By Tuesday afternoon, none of us could really walk right. Uh, and, and knowing that we had to have um, three or four more days left of camp. But the other thing I want to talk about, and I've talked about this with other professors, is that um, I, I could be teamed up with them and teach a class and maybe have experienced, you know, one-on-one relationships with them for maybe a total of four or five hours. Yet when we're teaching the class, it's as if we had rehearsed this, if we had written a script and, and we've rehearsed it, like he, could, like he or she could say something and then I'll pick up on that and I'll just go in the same direction without even a break. And I've talked about this with the other professors and, and I think we've come to an agreement that by going through the lists, you know, the, the Kihon, the Nagi, Yawara, Shimei, and Oku, and Shinin, is that it transforms you, not only physically, but internally. And while, um, I'll just use Jeff Lane, for example. I mean, Jeff Lane and I are really good friends, but I think the total time we spent, we spent together is maybe 24 hours in our entire life. Yet we can be teaching a class, and it's, it's as if we studied in the same dojo for years, and again, I think it's a transformation that you go through doing the lists and the years of, of, of doing Danzan Ru that we're able to come together to teach a class together mentally without any, any second thoughts, without any hesitation. So I think that's important for people, students to understand that, yeah, it's a long journey and you don't get it in three or four months it, it's gonna, or three or four years. It's going to take a long time. But at the end you're going to experience um, intellectually and physically what a lot of other few other people who have stayed as long have experienced. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that uh, bringing that out. It's, you know, it really speaks to the design of the system and, and, you know, this idea that we're not just learning techniques, but that it's a transformative experience. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really glad. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a physical transformation at first, but then, you know, then it, it's, it's an internal transformation and you may not realize it at first, but as the years go on, it, you know, when you encounter obstacles or um, uh, things that challenge you, it's like, Oh yeah, where did that come from? How did I, how I was able to, to handle that. And then you start to think about all the, challenges and the obstacles that you've done physically with uh, Danzan Ru. Absolutely. Well, is there, I just really want to thank you for uh, taking the time today to talk about your origin story. And yeah, well, thank uh, you for having me. Yeah.